This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the City event. So this is the first episode of Plenty We're Hoping that we're going to be doing over the coming months and weeks. Um, You may know my voice from the spaces that we were doing um, under the Tag City event. The spaces on Twitter aren't going to stop. This is just going to be as well as, so hopefully you like it. Um, Chris, who's with me today, I'll introduce him in a second, has been pestering me to do a podcast for quite some time now. Uh, And I know a few of other people on Twitter have been asking me as well, so we've uh, finally took the plunge and we're going to do it. So just a little bit about me before we begin. Uh, My name's Adam. Um, I've hid behind the City event tag for quite some time, but... Uh, if you are interested, my name's Adam Williams. I've supported City for a number of years now. I've got my season ticket renewed and ready to rock and roll for the new season. I sit on the fence usually a little bit in the spaces, but you may find that my opinions might come out a little bit more as we go through these podcasts over the coming weeks. If you've got any ideas for features and things like that, message us. Uh, if you want to come on and speak to us, um, we're looking for people to do that as well, so feel free. So that's a bit about me. I'm going to pass it over now to Chris. On Twitter, he's known, known as Dizzy Up the Guy, so if you want to follow him, feel free. So Chris, introduce yourself. Well, thanks, Adam, and welcome on in, everybody. So I've been a City fan for about, I think, probably about 25 years now. Believe it or not, I'm from Leeds. Blame me on man, even though he's a Leeds fan. He took me to watch a Bradford City game many moons ago. Chris Waddle popped up and scored a goal, and that was it for me. It was City through and through. You might not like always like my views. I certainly am not on the fence all the time. You might have heard me on BBC Radio Leeds or even on the podcast Lower League Look. So, Adam, here we are, finally. We're here, yes. Probably going to be a little bit more structured than what we're doing on the spaces, but the first thing um, that I'll bring up is the recruitment. I thought it's natural to do that. There's lots going on at City at the minute, so I want to discuss some of the new players that have come in. I'm going to test your knowledge in a minute, Chris. <laughs> we'll also speak about the uh, contract renewals as well, so the two that we're really keen on, maybe three if you include Powder, to see if we think that any of those are going to sign on and also the speed of recruitment and strategy uh, this season compared to previous seasons. I, for one, am quite impressed with that, so I'll be interested to see what Chris thinks. So, first of all, speaking about the uh, new players that have come in, um, starting with, well, Jamie Walker, I guess is a natural point. What are your thoughts on that one? I think that's a great signing, isn't it? I mean, it didn't look great the last game of the season. It looked like he was probably going on his way from obviously what Ryan Sparks has said. They basically locked him in the boardroom to make sure he signed the contract. I think the fans' response that day just showed him how much that he, he is appreciated at City. And for me, I think we will struggle to get bigger signing than him this summer. I think absolutely over the moon for him. It's um, When you look back at his debut, for instance, I thought his debut was fantastic. 
I think it was Salford his first game. He had a few injuries. For instance, he even told me face-to-face -face that the reason why he had a bit of a problem was that he was slightly injured. Derek Adams made him play, and then he was out for two months. So make of it what you want of that. But, yeah, cracking signing. I agree with you. I think it's been understated a little bit, and I mentioned this on the spaces. I think he's almost one of maybe a couple of marquee signings we're going to make. For this level, it's incredible. I remember when we signed him and the, the Hearts fans were saying on Twitter that he doesn't always work hard and he goes missing in games. From watching him, of what we've seen of him, that is totally not the case. He works hard. He just wants a challenge for every ball. He wants to go and fight and find it. Wherever it is on the pitch, he'll go. You'll see him running across to try and win that ball back. And For me, I love players like that. I think Bradford fans do. I think you want a person who's got that desire and that fight to want to win games and you know get them by the scruff of the neck. We've not seen him score many goals from distance. I think we're all expecting a little bit more of that. So hopefully we'll see that uh, in the coming season. But yeah, I totally agree with you, Chris. I think it's, it's a really exciting one. And I think it's been really understated and undersold by the club a little bit. I feel like they, they should have really gone for that one. It's good. It's just I think we need some more building blocks and some bigger names like that personally to come in. Yeah, definitely, and, and, and I agree with you completely about his dedication and his workload. I think I, I don't think there's many players out there, to be honest, that, that seem to put more effort in, so I'm quite surprised at the Hearts fans for that one, really. And obviously, they've had him for a few more years than we have, but my impression of him is that he's a complete workhorse and uh, will battle for the ball, will do anything. He's almost similar in, in a lot of ways towards Levi Sutton, I think, you know, that he's got that kind of dedication. And, and you're right, we would like to have seen a few more goals from distance but I mean he's got a couple of buttes so I think we've got an exciting number 10 next season I think the only thing I'd add is that I hope that he's going to continue because I guess he had a point to prove because he wasn't getting in the Hearts team he's his boyhood club in it and things like that and I think he's come to City and thought right I'm going to show him what they're missing I just hope that continues into the new season I will think it will uh, but I think that's my only sort of I guess apprehension about, about the signing but apart from that at League 2 level, a player like Jim Walker is going to be fantastic. He's operating below where he should be, let's be honest. Do we move on to the goalkeeper from Southampton? Well, there's not going to be a lot we can say about him. It's, <laughs> it's a very difficult one. Not many people know much about him. I, I was talking to uh, my mate who's a Southampton fan and he, he goes to a lot of the games. And I just said, uh, do you know much about him? And he said, nope, not really ever seen him yep. much. You know, Apparently played for the under-23s quite a little bit. But other than that... Nothing really, you know, nobody really knows much about him. Yeah, he's an unknown, isn't it? And I think it's it's kind of worrying. But Mark Hughes has worked with him before, I believe. So because of that, you'd like to think that he knows a bit about him and what to expect. And again, it's it's Premier League, isn't it? It's a totally different kettle of fish. He might not be getting anywhere near the team Premier League, but it's League Two. We, you know, we've we've fought here. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Are we going to bring another keeper in as well? I hope so and I hope we get somebody a little bit more experienced as well personally that's maybe played in Championship League One and maybe a little bit older what I are your thoughts on that will. are you not in that camp nah, I, don't, you know? I don't think we will because we've got unless Hornby leaves even though he was nowhere near the Colchester first team he's really liked at Colchester I know he's got another year contract as you well know as you uh, disclosed to everybody True. I think it's going to you know it's going to be a case of if he goes then we'll bring someone else in otherwise yeah I I don't think we'll. Yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna rely on Hornby if he moves. Yeah, and, and do you expect this the new goalkeeper to be the number one as well? Do you think he's coming in to to take the shirt? Or do you think it'll be between the both of them? Or any thoughts on that? 
I think he's brought him in the early doors. I think the reason is is because he's making him number one. I do think that he obviously, as he said, he's worked with him before at Southampton. Obviously, see something in him. Just interested that he's not been on loan anywhere. He's kind of, you know, he, he seems to have just just kind of settled as he settled as number three at Southampton. No, their boss spoke highly of him, but then again, I don't think he's really going to, if he's questioned about him, he's not really going to say shit, is he? So it'd be interesting to see how he goes. But again, I think it's, I've got full belief in Husey. You know, if he thinks that he's the right man to, to be in goal for us, then, you know, that that does it for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So I'm still pinching myself, to be honest with you, a little bit that, we, that he's, he's our man, but there we go. I think what I'd like to know about the new goalkeeper is how he, he likes to play. Does he play out from the back? Is he good with his feet? I'd expect it would be, just for the football that we're seeing. I don't think he's going to be one to, to hoof it forward, so that'll be interesting, and that's what I'm looking forward to see. So, moving on from him then, I guess. But if anybody else has got any opinions on these, please feel free to tweet us as well, uh, or any sort of insight into what to expect. It's nice to get knowledge from, from all of the City fans as well. Moving on, I can't remember the second person after him that we signed, but we're going to look at Matty Platt next of all, which is probably my pick, I think, of the signing. Somebody I'm really excited to see. Barrow fans had good things to say about him. I think it was his first season, wasn't it, in the Football League properly, the last season. And like I say, he seems to be one that's going to play out from the back. He's a, he's a big lad. He's good in the air. Any insight on, on him, Chris, from you? Yeah, so he started off at Blackburn Academy. They were that impressive. I managed to give him a two-and-a-half-year contract. He's been on loan at a couple of clubs. I know, I know he spent majority of his time in non-league, but around, to be honest, I think he's only made something like 96 appearances in his career so far. However, he's, he's quite, you know, for, for a tall central defender, he likes to play from the back, which is exactly what we haven't had for... You know, the last few, couple of years, I know with Pordy, for instance, I would say that his distribution at times was terrible. Used to enjoy giving Songo the hospital pass and then blaming him. I, I think it's a like for like. I think we are. I think we will see the end of Pordy. I think he will be in League One next season. But he does look quite interesting. Uh, he was part of the team that that got Barrow promoted. Like you said, that they, they're all you know that they're pretty gutted that he's left. They offered him a new contract, obviously couldn't come to terms. I think it's a good addition. From what I've seen of him as well, I do like him. I think it is one that you know a lot of people might not know much about, but he, it's he, the potential is there for me. I think he's going to be a really good player for his next season, and potentially in the future he could be a captain. And do you think it's a like for like repl- replacement for Powdy? Do you think it's because we know that he's going and? Or is it as well as, are we going to get more centre-halves in as well? I guess if Powdy doesn't sign a contract, you'd think so. Uh, because what we have behind that isn't impressive, I don't think, for a team that wants to be up there. You've got Kelleher in, in the ranks, haven't you, as well? And we've got Staunton and Songo. They are three centre-backs that have signed up. Have we got any more than that? It's some of the young lads as Just well. Just a couple of, I mean, depending on some of the youth team, if they're going to come through, but I think it's probably too soon. I think I would yeah. like to think we're going to sign another central defender. I do think that... Pordy will be going. I think it's just wrangled on too long. I'd be very surprised if he does. No doubt while this has gone out, um, he will probably sign a new contract. Yeah, I mean, also with Songo, Songo's position, as well as he played last season, I mean, for me, he was player of the, player of the season. He's not a central defender. I think he needs to be in that holding midfield and kind of just, just pulling back from the midfield, just controlling that kind of area. He was thrown in, wasn't he, when Canavan left to, um, left to, to Barrow, you know, obviously Derek had thrown one of his strops again and kicked off with him. <laughs> this is the podcast that I could actually abuse Derek Adams for now. Can you, fire away, sir. 
Yeah. Don't get any I... arguments from me on that one at all. <laughs> but yeah, obviously losing Canavan when we did, I think Songo was pushed there. Obviously, we're very lightweight. I would like to see Staunton kick on, but the problem for Staunton, I find, is that he um, he's had a couple of bad injuries, hasn't he? I mean, he's a young lad, but he's he's had a couple of really bad injuries, and it would be nice to see him kick on next season. There's definitely, a, you know, a really good player there. It's just whether, you know, that, that whether he can prove that and, and be consistent with that as well. And maybe this season is his chance. What Hughes sees of him, really. Yeah, he's, he's a young lad, and he, like you said, he's had, he's had quite a few injuries, which is worrying. He's obviously he's been seeing some at international level, been playing for the youth teams only for, for Ireland, I think. So there's, there's obviously a player there, and when we did see him in that that season, we were in the cup actually. I think we beat somebody five nil. Was it 2019? It was. I'm sure it was behind the closed doors in the FA Cup, and, and we ended up bringing him at their place, and he played really well. He was a standout performer. I don't know. Since that, I've not really looked at him and thought there's a really good player in there I know a lot of people are raving about him but I think he's still one that needs a lot of development going back to the point on Songo I will disagree with you a little bit on that one because I feel like when Songo actually went to that centre back position I thought it was a far better play for us mm. but maybe that's because we didn't see the best of him when he was under Derek Adams in that central defensive midfielder position but I, do, I did really like the look of him at centre back I thought he was really strong, really powerful the blocks that he made were really good However, he's the better at this level. Um, he's, a, he's a better pairing with Mike Platt that we can have starting. And uh, Songo is sort of a bit of a squad man. Is Songo still going to be here? I guess is the question as well, because I'm sure Mr Adams will, uh, will want to come and take him away. But I don't know. I don't think he will go. I, I'm sort of thinking that Songo will stay with us. But we'll have to see. Uh, but Powdy as well, just going back to your point on Powdy, I'm happy for him to go. I love a player that's a bit of a fist pumper, that wants to lead by example. But he crosses the threshold free me a little bit, and I do sort of I've waxed lyrical about this a little bit on the spaces. But for me, I feel like he's quite toxic to having it in a dressing room. He seems to sort of throw his toys out of the pram quite a lot. He blames other people around him, like you mentioned with Songo and the hospital balls. Uh, I don't I don't like players like that. Mm. But Gary Jones kind of leader is something that I absolutely love. That is a kind of captain that I would want to lead my team. Whether there's many of those around anymore, I'm not sure. Charlie Adam potentially, but um, yeah, one of the, the highlights I saw him uh, Dundee, the uh, the assist that he made against the, the team he's playing for, and uh, the dive as well that somebody alluded to the other day. So I'm not really a fan of Charlie Adam coming in, but I'll ask you the question about Charlie Adam. See what you think about yeah. that one. I mean, I've 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 kind of said a couple of times I wouldn't mind him in. Reason why I wouldn't mind him in is that you know if you look at the team of last year, we had how many leaders did we have on that pitch? Not many. Do I think that he would play every single game? Not a chance. Do I think that he could be a role model in the dressing room? Yeah. Could he be a potential coach? Absolutely. There is those possibilities with uh, with Charlie Adam. You know, people do mention about his age. I get that, and I do understand that. But the guy has been, you know, a quality footballer for for many many years. Be interesting. I just feel that we we do need some more leaders and and people that you know behind the scenes or whatnot that are that are going to instill confidence. I mean, obviously, you would expect Hughes and Hodges to be able to do that, but I think that having someone who might be able to play a part-time role as well, hopefully, fingers crossed, wouldn't be ridiculous amount of money. I, I don't mind that. And coming on for the last 20 minutes to, to you know, to, to really mess up a game or ruffle the feathers, I mean, then I think that Charlie Adam is that player that would really wind up the opposition as much as I'd like Harry McCurdy, someone like him. So... 
I personally don't mind it. I know that a lot of people have said that they don't agree with it, and that's fine. But for me, I, I just see it on that kind of sense that we just need some more leaders in this football club, and we haven't got many at all. Look, it's all about opinions, and this is the thing in it. And I'm glad that we sort of are disagreeing a little bit on the first episode. That's, uh, that's setting up nicely, mate, going forward. But I, I, what I would say is, does it fit in with the strategy? Because the way that I see this strategy that we've got for recruitment, every player is a young player. Barring Jamie Walker, that's probably the oldest that we've brought in. Is this a new thing we've seen at Bradford City? We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this um, when we spoke about you know, the rest of the recruitment. But. Are we moving in a new direction? Are we copying the likes of Peterborough and Luton and getting these players in young, developing them, and then maybe, you know, selling them on for a fee when they, uh, you know, start hitting the ground running? So, would you like to see that in a club? Are we sort of club that, you know, wants to do that kind of thing? For me, I think we are. Yeah, I mean, we we have tried it before, haven't we? We have tried it. A- few times and it's gone to port let's be honest you know if, if you look at some of the teams we've had or some of the players we've brought in in the past you know for instance I, you know I can think of the two Scottish lads uh, Mitchell RIP and Stuart you know that I think that the whole point even that season I think we brought in quite a lot of young young talent in and it's not quite worked are you right as well the, the it looks to me like we are bringing in more younger players this is why I feel that Charlie Adam would be great to add in to bring in a bit more experience for those younger lads because I think if we've got a team full of young lads you know there needs to be a bit more of an experienced head there so I would like to think you know we might potentially bring in a couple of players who are experienced over you know over 30s I know it sounds crazy but I do think we need a couple of those older heads to you know to, to help that team grow and again like I said I, that's why I would see Charlie Adam but yeah no I think it does look like QC's bringing in lots of young you know, talent, maybe some unproven as well. He's obviously got an eye for it, and obviously, um, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Gent. Yeah, he, he obviously he's hit that. You know, he's got straight on with it with the players. I imagine that Hughes has already seen some of these players. Just go with it. I think we just need to, you know, not worry about not knowing who half these players are. I think we've just got to understand that, you know, Hughes has got a wealth of knowledge. He's got so many, you know, t- you know, links in football that I imagine a lot of them are just coming to him saying, listen, this lad is something else. And, and I, I think that that is showing through with the signings we've made so far. I'd agree with that. And I think what is interesting that he did want to patch into the loan market. And at the minute, we've, we've signed you know, five permanents. And I think that's interesting. Or is it six now? Five or six? So that's going to come in it as well. So and they're going to be likely be young players, but because we've already signed five or six, how many gaps are there going to be now for sort of permanence that fit the criteria that you've just mentioned? Is there going to be players that he's going to bring in? I'd like. I, I think I would like a, an older head myself. I think I would agree with that. I just think Charlie Adam might be a bit too old. Um, he's almost got you know two walking sticks down here. Let's be honest. But there's a, there's your Jay Spearing at Tramia. He is a player that I would love um, at Bradford. He's he's one that I would pick when somebody said to me, "When you pick a think of an older player at this level, who? He's ideal." I think you hit the nail on the head, Jay Spearing. Even though. From what I understand with the Tranmere, he's not had the greatest year. I think he, again, has had a couple of injuries, but he's been on the bench a lot. I mean, I, I personally, I was gutted when he went to Tranmere. I, I, w- I was kind of hoping that we might be able to, you know, to get him in. So I think like someone like a Jay Spearing kind of player, maybe you're right about Charlie Adam. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm just thinking about the fact that, you know, it's that experienced head. You know, kind of like you look at, for instance, at Harrogate, you know, Rory's just signed a new contract there. He's just got another year. He must be getting on to about 45 now. But, you know, <laughs> talking about Harrogate, actually, just thought I'd mention that. The, the uh, little fella that plays for them, their captain, I cannot remember his name now for the life of me. 
would he be a shrewd little signing? Or is he not quite good enough for the, the top end of League 2? I know that might sound arrogant, but that's obviously what we're aiming for. Um, so I'll, just, I'll pass that one to you and you can yeah. let us know his name Falkingham. as well. Falkingham. Yeah, he's quality. I mean, he's been there for a long time as Falkingham and he's a good he's a good footballer. I mean, there's... There's two or three of them at Arrogate that you you know you still think you know are really really good. Um, I love um, Armstrong there as well. I know that he only signed from yep. last summer, but I mean he absolutely battered us in the both games. But Falkingham's a good call um, for me. I think that yeah. is a really really good call. I've always liked the look of him. He's always played well anyway. He's played against us. Like they all do. They all step up, don't they, when they come to Valley Parade? But that's that's another thing in it. That's another another conversation for another day. I, I mean, what would you give it out of ten so far? Out of interest, I'd probably give it an eight or a nine personally, uh, just for the fact that we're not quite sure who these players are um, and have not sort of been starters. I think we can't really judge it until we see them. Um, but I still think it's impressive the fact that we're getting this business done so early. Like somebody mentioned the other day on space, the first signing we made last season was on the 12th of June, mm. and that was Andy Cook. Yeah. So to say we've got six, it, it, you know, we're two weeks beyond that before that date, that's quite interesting. So I'd probably give it about an eight, eight or a nine hoping that we're going to make some really nice signings over the coming weeks as well and I like the fact that we're doing it early so they can get away on this training camp and go away and all sort of gel together which we'll get onto in a second so I'll fire that question back to yourself as well 8 out of 10 mate 8 out of 10 so far and let it continue let's hope it's 10 out of 10 fingers crossed and and naturally just thinking about it before we do move on to the pre-season talk the other contract players so we've got there's three key names haven't there you've got your Elliot Watt Paddy O'Connor, Charles Vernon. There are a couple of rumours rumors that Charles Vernon might just be signing. Now, don't quote me on that and do not tweet me about that because I'm not 100% sure. I think it's more out of hope than anything that people expect that. I certainly think that he'll probably be playing at a level above next season and I think he probably deserves to be as well. Um, he's a very good player. Paddy, we've mentioned him, we've talked about him quite a lot. We think he's gone between us. Elliot Watt as well. So Elliot Watt for me... I actually quite like Elliot Watt. I thought he grew with the season. I thought he got better as soon as Adams went and he wasn't his main man. And I'd like to see another season from him. But I think that, unfortunately, I think they're all gone. And I think the fact that we signed Ryan East is almost sort of put that nail in that coffin. So, again, just a couple of the comments on those as well, if you don't mind, Chris. Yeah, I mean, from what I understand or what I've heard, again, I don't know anything other than what you read. Is that Burnham is signing for Lincoln. I'd be gutted. I think it would be a big mix. Uh, Elliot Watt, I would love to see back. I can't see it. I think he's going to be League One. Um, at least he's Elliot Watt next season. I can imagine him you know, doing quite well. Pordy, again, I've mentioned, I think League One. But then again, let's see what happens with Dion. Uh, certain rumours are spreading. So we'll see what happens with Dion. Hopefully, fingers crossed, what I've heard is all true. So we'll see. Yeah. However... He's a naughty little treacle in this Dion Pereira because he <laughs> likes a lot of posts. He puts a little bit of winks on the posts. And I don't know, there's a, there's a feeling that I think he might just sign because I don't think he's going to start for them. He could make a few appearances off the bench um, at championship level, but I don't think he's quite ready. If he has another full season, playing like he did over those last couple of weeks and months, he's going to be ready for a championship the following season or maybe even in January if he goes back. Yeah, I'd love to see Dion. I love, I love him, and I say this so many times, but he just makes football look so simple. And he's just so laid back on the pitch. I, I'm envious that I haven't got that talent. It's nonchalant. So, big fan of, of Dion, and I, I fingers crossed that there is something in that. And we'll hopefully see him in Claret Amber next season rather than Orange. 
the chap that got released by Ipswich, the striker, his name totally, um, he, he were at Tranmere before. What's his name? Remind me, Chris. Norwood. That's him. Norwood. Yeah, Norwood. Um, he's sort of doable, I would say, because he's out of contract. Shimanga's not because there's a fee involved, but Norwood for me is. Uh, I think there's, do you know what? Looking at the National League games that I've been watching, there's a lot of players that you might just sneak up as well if they're out of contract. Uh, I'm not too sure about them, to be honest, but there's there's so much talent down there now. It's it's, it's almost like a League 3, yeah. uh, especially the top sort of 15, you might say, in there. So it'll be interesting. I'm so pleased as well that Wrexham didn't do yeah, it. Likewise. I'm delighted. As much as I love, Parky, as as I love Parky, I, 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 yeah. I, I said this before, I said this on the lower league look, I said, uh, I think if they were to go up, they'd go up again. And, yep. and I think Chesterfield mm-hmm. will probably spend. I do think Stockport might. Anyway, um, th- there's a lot of players in there. You're right. He's a League Three. I mean, it might as well be a League Two, to be honest with you. I mean, they should. I, for me now, there should be two teams coming. Uh, you know, uh, sorry, three teams going up and down. Uh, yeah, we've got totally to that agree. point now where you know, you know, there's that much money. It's more money probably in the conference, or certainly has been in the last two years. Whether that will change now because of the wage cap, than there has been in League Two. It's crazy. Absolutely mad. Absolutely, and my pick is Stockport. I'm delighted they're coming up. We had some great games with them over the years, and a lot of rivalry, a lot of fighting, and carrying on as well with Stockport. Let's not let's not um, you know sugarcoat it. So that'll be interesting to see what happens next season when they bring quite a few up and want to kick uh, ten bells out of us. But yeah, to cap that off, delighted that the celebrity club Wrexham aren't coming up. You guys stay down there and uh, keep the National League warm for um, not us. I was going to say, not for us, pal, please. Maybe maybe Swindon. Maybe Swindon might be a nice one to go down because we have a lot of interaction with their fans uh, (laughs) on the spaces. So, yeah, let's let's move on then from recruitment and we'll move on now to pre-season and obviously there's been an announcement that we're going to Alicante and I say we, I wish we were, uh, me and yourself, Chris, unless the club might invite us. (laughs) That would be good. I mean, I'm I'm not against the idea. On that on that note of Alicante, do we think that it's just a training camp for a week where they're going to be just doing intense training in, in obviously the sunshine and just sort of you know having a bit of team building, or are we going to be playing a game? I mean, this is hearsay, but what what would you expect from that? I would expect that we will have a play a, a pre-season game against somebody. It could be it could be anyone to be honest with you. It could be a couple of farmers, but I would expect that we will we will play some kind of pre-season out there. I would hope that it wouldn't be behind closed doors because I do know there are quite a lot of City fans who are quite looking forward to going out there and hopefully there'll be some interaction with the players, get the fans back on board, certainly those fans who are prepared to pay that. So I would like to think that there, there will be one, whether that's the case or not. Obviously it's down to Mark Hughes and, and his planning and, and his team, you know, what, they, what they're expecting. But I think that they need to do that for the fans. I think it would be really nice. Totally agree. And what perfect way to get the fans back on side. Oh, well, I mean, I think the fans are now back on side. 90%. Would you say, also, would you say, yeah, out um, of interest, would you say the fans are back on side? I think there's always this agenda with Stefan Rupp, which we're going to get onto ownership um, at some point. But I think 80 to 90% of the fans, as soon as we made that Hughes appointment, were blown away. And I feel like the recruitment as well so far this season has been really good. But yeah, I want to come on to that. But I'd say 80 to 90% of fans would now be back yeah. on side um, compared to when Derek Adams were here. And, and again, I'll put that back to you, see what you think. I'd like to think. I think about seventy-five, maybe. Uh, I think Mark Hughes brought, yep. you know, brought him. So we're around the same amount, and I, and I would agree with you. But we'll get on to that because um, I think it's a really important conversation we need to have. But before we do, um, the only other pre-season uh, friend that's confirmed is Osset Albion. They actually put it on before we've had a chance to do that. 
it's a local one. It's probably easy to get to for fans. I think it's. I don't think I've been there before. I can't remember who's playing them in pre-season. Maybe we did last season. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one? Do you think that the this season is sorted for pre-season or friendly? Do you think they're all sort of and just ready to be announced? Or what are your thoughts? Yeah, on that? I, mean, I mean Ryan mentioned in that interview, didn't he? Um, that he said that you know we, we're going to have a few more local uh, local games, but he said different ones. So I get the impression that I mean I know we haven't I don't think we've been back at Farsley for a, a few years now, but I imagine that we're probably going to play you know instead of like the usual like kind of Geisley games, maybe we're going to stop with. I expect that, and I, I'd expect that we're going to have at least a couple at home. I know that they always say, I know the point was always like, well, it costs too much money to have the the home ground open, but you need these players to play at, at, at the home stadium in front of fans. You know, it makes absolute sense. We have to do it. I think we may be going to get a Premiership team. You know, we had obviously Liverpool there a couple of years back. It'd be nice to just get, you know, something like that in would be great, I think, for, for all the fans as well. So, yeah, let, let's see what comes along and, and let's see what more local ones in. Osset's always a nice little place to go to. Good beer over there as well. So, you know, that'd be interesting. It'll be, you know, just to be able to see the players. Hopefully Park Avenue as well, obviously. I always like the game against Park Avenue. Yeah. I agree. Park Avenue, I think I would pick that. Um, I think it's always a good one. A uh, bit of rivalry there still as well, which is always nice. But I agree with you. I feel like Mark Hughes, the way that he had us training at the ground at the back end of the season, I feel like he wants us to be playing at bigger stadiums and what we're going to be used to. I'd love to see a friendly with Halifax Town. They've obviously stayed down. It's two minutes away. It's not two minutes away. It's what, half an hour away in car. It's easy for everybody to get to. It's a big ground for the level, and they play at a really good level as well from watching them. I know they flopped a little bit in the semi-final, but apart from that, decent team. So I'd like to see that one, and I'm hoping, like you mentioned, that we are going to see a Premier League team. Maybe an ex-Hughes team. Man United would be sensational, let's be fair. Mm. Maybe a Stoke City. I know they're obviously now Championship, but some somewhere, Southampton as well, somewhere maybe he's managing he's got those connections Man City that'd be even better wouldn't it the champions coming over um, and the money that the money that that'd bring in as well though Chris I mean you know we laugh and joke and it is it's funny because it's probably a little bit pie in the sky but if we play Man City at home you, we'd probably sell out as we did with Liverpool and that turnover is brilliant you know what we're tending to find is with these top end you know Premier League clubs that they're going abroad a little bit more now you know, they're yeah. doing these cups over in like Asia and trying to sell their brand a little bit so who knows? If we can sneak one in, fantastic. And yeah, that's the dream. Even Leeds would be nice when it pre season. Um, well, we not did, sure we the, did uh, a few years. Back. I remember, I, fa- I yeah. fa- did it a couple of times. I want to say, I, I think it was 97. Someone someone correct me if I'm wrong, 97. I got a feeling that Nigel Pepper start, scored that day in a friendly against Leeds. Yeah. It might have been 3 1 Leeds, potentially. Um, yeah. But... No, don't say that. Let's forget that. Let's just <laughs> get that out. We'll uh, cut that one out, mate. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think the West Yorkshire Police will put a block on that one because it just there's fighting in lumps again out every time we play Leeds and they come and carry on and, and we carry on. It's just how it is. But that'd be good. it would be nice though. Unfortunately, they stayed up. But we had a bit of good news yesterday. I'm sure we'll all agree with uh, Town not going up and they got shit out a little bit as well with two penalties not going to them, which were absolutely to me stonewallers. I, yeah. I can't believe it. I'm absolutely delighted and I enjoyed my jelly and ice cream yesterday evening after watching that. <laughs> And we and I'm 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 pleased actually. Uh, I know we've had a bit of, a little bit of rivalry with Forest over the years when we used to play them at League One and League Two, but they're a proper club, uh, and I'm glad to see them back up town at a proper club. Yeah. And I'm probably going to get pelters for that, but they're not. We can only dream. We can dream. But if you can't, you know, celebrate your own club success, celebrate the downfall of others. I feel like that's part of being a football fan. I tweeted about it the other day because a lot of City fans are saying 
I want West Yorkshire clubs to do well. I want Yorkshire clubs to do well. To me, that is absolute garbage. You never want anybody to do well apart from your own team. And you might have a bit of a soft spot for a team, you know, in another country or whatever, as you can see. I love my classics. But apart from that, you can't be wanting another team to do well. That's just my view on it. There you go. My opinions are coming out. I'm going to get slated. <laughs> I'm going to get, you know, pelters coming at me. But there you go. You're going to start That's getting hated. And, and I think I'll start getting hated like you and Chew. <laughs> That'll be it. That'll be the end of this event. People might listen to this tweet as saying you two are an absolutely shite. Fair enough, that's your opinion. But so that's that sort of talks about pre-season a little bit um, and the Alicante. We're, we're hoping that you know it might be you know fan inv- invitational as well. That'd be lovely to get some of you guys out there supporting the club and you know enjoy like we had in the in the Germany. I know obviously that ownership went to shit. Let's be fair with with uh, Raich at the time, but that interaction that we had with the players and we saw the real side of them. You know, getting pissed up and having a really good time and you can relate to that and especially as Bratfordians I think for us it's a working class place you know we work hard for us brass you know we don't all have loads of brass it's just it's that sort of city it's a poor city let's be fair so when you can relate to players and have a beer with them there's nothing more that we want and again that might be me just talking about myself but I feel like as a whole that's what this city is about a little bit I don't know what you think about that Chris yeah I mean like I say, I know I'll get pelters for you know for saying that I'm, I'm I am from Leeds, but I do class myself as an adopted Bradfordian. I've worked in Bradford most of my life. We need that. We need we need that in in Bradford. We need to have you know a club. It is a working man's club. You're absolutely right, and that's what we need. It's what we need and what we hanker for. I think you know, and then that's why in captains for me, you want that sort of that fist pumping player that gets it and um, that's come from a working class background. Alan Gary Jones. He's, he's so weird that he's such a legend and he spent two seasons with us, I think. But I absolutely adore that man. He's, he's like Mr. Bradford City. And I know Stuart McCall, yes, as well. But Gary Jones, I just love him. Honestly, yeah. I absolutely love that guy and I just wish that we had longer with him, you know? Completely agree. I mean, but, we had been linked with him for a couple of years before that and uh, obviously he decided to carry, carry on his contract at Rochdale. You know, he came to a point where, you know, he felt that it was his time. And yeah, Gary Jones... You know, even like people like Jamie Lawrence, for instance. Jamie Lawrence is absolutely loved yeah. at City. Even he classes himself as an adopted Bradfordian. You know, he's. I think he's probably got a couple of clubs. To be fair to him, but I think we, are, you know, we are one of his favourites, which is great. I remember seeing him at Aston Villa away when we won in the League Cup. People like Peter Jackson as well, even though he, he, he managed that lot across the in, in West Yorkshire. The other team who lost on Saturday or Sunday, even. There's certain people in this club, you know, that I think it's the ethics, isn't it? It's the work, like you said, we're a working man's club, and it's those players that just when you know put their all in for that football shirt. We adore them. Those are the kind of players that we absolutely love. I mean, for me, I, I mean, I love Nigel Pepper. Nigel Pepper was, you know, he was like our Roy Keane. You know, he was, what a player he was. You know, he was fantastic. So. Those are the kind of players that really mean everything. I'd be interested as well to know if we can hear some, you know, some listeners as well who their players are and why they're important to to, to themselves and, and the club. What, what you know, what players do they do they think were epitomised Bradford City? Really good point. Thanks for asking that, Chris. Because I think it is important to see what you know everybody else. What do you expect from a player? What your favourite player is? Is it Pacey Winger? What stands out to you? Nigel Pepper as well. I did go to it and after match dinner when he was talking and he talked about the time that he got sent off after breaking his leg and it's just the funniest story that you, you could imagine and, and these characters are going out of football I mean Jack Grealish maybe and Declan Rice a little bit but when you look at these players like your Gazers and you know Nigel Peppers and there's so many of them over the years 
it seems to be a dying breed. Uh, but yeah, I, if you look at the story, I did tweet about it a couple of months ago, but somebody might want to tweet me the, the tail if you know more than me. But I believe that somebody snapped him in half and they broke his leg. And I, I believe it, when he were on the stretcher, he punched the player that did it and got sent off when he were on the stretcher. Uh, and I just find that absolutely brilliant. And, and that in today's football, in today's game, you can't even you can't imagine it, can you? So, yeah, if anybody can share that tell me, tweet me it, please do, because I just absolutely love it. And if we can get any of these characters on as well that, that come on and speak to us, um, we're well open to it. So if anybody's got any contacts, you know, your Jamie Lawrence's Peppers, McCall, anybody like that, even the Big Sticks, please uh, let us know, get in touch, and we'll, uh, we'd love to have them on as guests. So yeah, I think we'll draw a line in the sand at that bit, and we're going to go on to one of our features. Uh, I'm sure Chris is going to make a jingle for this over the coming weeks, but this is going to be the feature that we're going to call Challenge Chris. So it's going to be a bit of a play along at home, um, so when you're listening to it, if you're, I don't know, tidying your bedroom or doing your garden or whatever it is, I'm going to ask Chris ten questions. They're probably going to be Bradford City related at least for now. And I'm going to give him as much time as he wants, but within eight seconds. <laughs> um, and, he's, and he's got to give me his answers uh, to the questions. And we'll obviously see how well he does. And see how well you guys do. Let us know what you think. And some of these facts as well. Tweet us, see what you think about them. So I'm just going to get the questions up now while Chris uh, readies himself and so does not nervous. open Google. I'm so nervous about this. So, well, you already will, mate, because before today, he said, I've got really good knowledge of Yeah, yeah. When we do this podcast, my knowledge is excellent. He was saying he was like, it's so good. So, the, the pressure, you did, you did. The, pre, the pressure is now on. All right, so are you ready? Yeah. There's going to be a couple of bonus questions in here as well, or bonus answers, uh, if you can get the exact right. So, keep looking at the camera. No looking down. No looking to your left or right. No cheating. So the first question, so question one, what year was Bradford City founded? Look at the camera. It's, it's, uh... <laughs> Go on. Three, two, one. Nope, wrong. 19. So the answer to the first question is 1903. Uh, and we've had it emblazoned on a lot of our um, club memorabilia as well. So, right so, <laughs> so this this man who's got the the greatest knowledge of Bradford City has already got the first one wrong, which is one of the most important questions, and actually one of the easiest questions. So let's move on to question two, while Chris is going a little bit scarlet. So, who is the record goal scorer for the club? And you get an extra point if you can tell me for how many goals, and that's very difficult. Uh, eight Bobby, seconds. Bobby Campbell. Yep. And he scored. I'm just trying to remember how many hands he got. So I'm going to go with um, eighty-two. Three, two, no. Bobby Campbell scored 143 goals for Bradford City. Of course he did. Of course he did. Um, but that's a good answer. You've got the top scorer. I thought you'd get that one. So we've got one right so far. Hopefully you guys are doing well at home as well and better than Chris so far. If anybody got that 143 right, please tweet me, because uh, I'd be very interested. Um, next one. So, question three. Gary Jones joint helped a record for the 2012-2013 League Cup competition. What was that record for? So, Gary Jones joint held a record for the 2012-13 League Cup competition that we famously um, came second in, you could say. What was the record for in that competition? I'm going to say it was probably the most minutes on the pitch. It wasn't. And this is a difficult question as well, but he got the top assists 
Uh, he got five assists in the competition, and he, he joint held that with a player from Derby County whose name escapes me. So we've got one right so far. Out of three. Hell. Right. <laughs> so question four. This one's probably a little bit difficult as well, but we'll see how we get with it. Blair Turgut signed on loan for City in the 2012-13 season, and he played a total of four games, including a game away at Crew Alexandra in the paint pot trophy that we won. We lost four nil. And he claimed, came and clapped us at half-time when we were losing 3-0. There we go. Where did we sign Blair Turgut from on loan? West Ham. We did. Well done. Next question. He's getting better. He's warming up. He's warming up. So question five. In what month was our Lord Saviour, Mark Hughes, appointed as manager at Bradford City? What month? Yes. February. Yes, good answer. Thought that one would get you. So we're doing all right now. We've got three, aren't we? Three out of five. Not I, bad. I've got the, the easiest one. I've got the one that I should know wrong. So and, and, and you should rightly be embarrassed, Chris. But just you can you can pull this back, mate. You can put you can pull it back. So this one you should get. Who famously shaved their head on the pitch at City after predicting our relegation that we famously survived in ninety nine two thousand season? That would be. Rodney Marsh. It is Rodney Marsh. Well done, mate. Next question, number seven. Who was Bradford's first totally new signing of this summer? So, forgetting Jamie Walker, who was the first signing that we unveiled? This summer? Um, yeah, so this uh, transfer window now. Harry Johns? You've got his surname wrong, so I can't give you it. It's Harry Lewis. Harry he was the goalkeeper. <laughs> So, so our stat man, uh, the stat man that we all, you know, introduced you to, he's got the name of the uh, the first signing wrong. <laughs> and I can't even blame having a drink, it's only early doors. But anyway, next question, and this one is difficult. If you get this, I'll be very impressed. So question eight. Who was the last player that represented England internationally whilst playing for Bradford City? So whilst they were at the club. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So, who was the last player that represented England internationally whilst playing for Bradford City? Now, there's only three of them that have done it, so that's how difficult this question is. Well, it was. It certainly wasn't someone in the Premiership because we didn't have anyone then. Um, so it's before that. I'm gonna count you down from five now. Five, four. I'm gonna have to have a random guess, three, and I know it's wrong. Two, Phil Bab. I can't one. think of anyone. Phil Bab. No. So the last person. And they were captain at 1910, and that was a chap called Dickie Bond, who we signed from Preston North End. There was three of them. If anybody gets them and can tweet me them um, without looking on Google, I'd be very impressed. There's only three players that have ever done it whilst playing for the club, and it was Dickie Bond, and I can't remember the other one. Evelyn Tracy, maybe, somebody like I think that was his name. But unlucky on that one, mate. I was never expecting to get it. So, question nine. We're getting there now. Who was the last player to play for City and represent their country on the international stage? I'm going to go with Donovan Ricketts. It wasn't. Oh. It wasn't. It was Adam Chickson who oh. played for Zimbabwe in 2018. Unlucky. I think the one before him was Colin Doyle who played for Ireland because he famously flew back, didn't he, to the That's game right, he when he was on international duty. Whether he played or not started, I'm not sure, but um, there we yeah, go. I think he was on the bench. Anyway, Last yeah. question. Don't worry, mate. Uh, didn't, well, you can bring the Don up anytime you want because I love that man. Shoo! Anyway, 
Last question, question 10. What brand is the petrol station above Valley Parade? I could see it. Um, Shell. It is Shell, well done, oh. mate. Well done. That's a good shout, is that? You pulled it back a little bit. So, let's have a count up out of 10. So, you've got Bobby Campbell, correct? You've got West Ham. You've got February. And you've got Rodney Marsh. And i got Shell. And you got Shell. So, you've got five out of 10 on the quiz, which I don't think is a bad thing for the first time you've done it. So, if anybody beat Chris, or you think Chris is absolutely shite at quizzing, and he's got awful knowledge... Please let us know, guys, because he's been selling himself in this uh, <laughs> this light. So, yeah, let us know what you think about that one. So, if you got any bit anything, anybody got ten out of ten, please let me know, because I'd be very impressed. Um, or any other scores, please tweet me and let me know. So that is the challenge, Chris. Feature over and done with. Hopefully, Chris is going to make a beautiful jingle for that. He's probably going to edit it out of this show because he's in charge of that stuff. But there we go. Or edit edit the answers to make it sound like you like you got them right. <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what happens with that but I hope this makes it to the uh, the, the live cut so the next thing on our agenda uh, is the ownership so we did previously sort of discuss this and we, so we touched on it a little bit so we're talking about investment and we're talking about Stefan Rook we're talking about Ryan Sparks and we're talking about Mark Hughes Stephen Jen and the way that the staff have come into the club what I will say before we get into this is that this is in no way affiliated with the club, this event. This is open conversation, it's unsanitised, it's just what we think. And I want you guys to also share your opinions with us as well. We want to be as honest as we can be. I'll let you start, Chris. Um, that overall picture, start where you want in regards to the ownership. Stefan Rupp maybe is a starting point. What are your thoughts? It's a difficult one. It is a difficult one, you know. We... I, I, I think I think if anybody could rate Stefan Rupp out of ten, they would probably give him about a two so far. Just you look at where we were when when they when they came in charge, him you know him and Rahic and you know where we fall into and you know the depths we we have fallen to and you know I, I do I don't feel that he's hands on enough. However, that he would say or Ryan would certainly say you know that's that's his job. That's Ryan's job to to be more hands on to give him that opportunity. I, the, the the thing that really frustrated me with with, with Rupp was when um, Julian Rhodes came in, and within I think I think I heard it was within two hours he went. You do realise you've overspent by over a million quid. He didn't have a clue. He didn't have a clue, and and that worries me that that kind of money, you know, that Rahit had overspent by that much, and that's that for me has always been a big downfall of, of Stefan. He's not a football fan. He's not a football fan at all. Do I think that he needs another chance? I don't know what else we can do. The problem is, is you look at clubs like, for instance, Oldham's and your Scunthorpe's, and you look at the state of the clubs that they're in right now, uh, where they potentially might even go under. I would not be surprised if either of those two clubs go under in the next year. Are we look on that, lucky on that sense? Yes. Is it great? Absolutely not. It's not. You know, and, and there needs to be that repair. That needs to be that you need to. They need to bring the club back. And I can't see. I suppose bringing in Mark Hughes. Uh, I know that Mark Hughes applied for the job. It wasn't that we went chasing for him, but I think that that hopefully will start something next season. We just, I think we're just pissed off with where we are, mate, aren't we? Yeah, and I think just to go back on your point about Stefan Rupp, there's always going to be a disconnect between 
in the club and the fans. He's not a football man. He was probably sold a little bit of a dream by Reich, as we all were. And let's all be fair. We bought into it. We bought into it. We thought it was going to take us places. He got the wool pulled over his eyes. However, should he have been more interested in his investment at the time and more in tune with it? Absolutely, when you're spending that sort of money. I think for me, I feel like you're never going to have him as a face of the club. He's not interested. It's an investment to him. The only people that have the best interest of this club truly at heart are us as fans, and you'll never get that. It's the same at any other club unless there's a fan owner or it's owned by the fans themselves. There's always going to be another agenda. People want to make money on football clubs. It's just how the world works, unfortunately. Um, since the ownership, like from sort of late 90s onwards, that's just the way it's been. Unfortunately, that's just football for us. Does he want good things for the club? I do think so. Um, it's an investment. He's paid money for it. He's going to want to turn money over on it as well eventually. Does that mean he's pumping money into the club? Potentially not. However, I like to think that things have changed a little bit and he's thinking, actually, I want to sell this club. I genuinely think he does want to sell the club. To sell the club, what do you do? You make it a saleable asset, mm. bringing in Mark Hughes, restructuring in the recruitment department, bringing Ryan Sparks in for me. I know some people love him, some people hate him. I really like the guy. Um, I feel like it comes across really well. I've not agreed with every decision he's made, don't get me wrong. The Stuart McCall situation when he extended the contract, that was a school by error. He was new in role. I feel like he's really grown into it, and I feel like he's doing really well. Uh, but I do feel like in that way we're restructuring the club. People always say there's something rotten at Bradford City, there's things going on. I get I get that. I think it's just a lot of the aftermath of the right area that we're still recovering from. And I think that we're on an upward trajectory. Is he ever going to invest massively? No. It's not going to happen. But the, the team behind the scenes, so you looked at the um, today, um, so we were recording on Monday, the Regal Foods announcements come out. Um, so the firms like this that have been in Bradford for 20 years never been anywhere near us. I believe that this commercial team are really good and they're really getting the investment in. Morrison's as well was a partner that we got on last year. Things like that I think are looking up. And I feel like we've got to try and take those positives and like when you compare us with other clubs, yeah. But should we be better off? Should we be in the championship with better investment? Absolutely. But there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to, that needs to change at Bradford City and there's a lot that can happen. There's so much potential, like the ground and things like that. But I, I'm quite excited for once in a long time since... You know, we had that promotion push in League One. Um, I feel like this season is going to be really positive. Um, Mark Hughes, I mean, on that on its own, for that man to come and manage us, certain promises have been made, and I feel like we're going places. And that might be me wearing some rose-tinted spectacles. So be it. I'm going to be honest, and that's how I feel. Chris, share any opinions on what I've just said? Yeah, I think I think for you know most part of it, you're absolutely right. You know. So I always say this, and I do always say this a lot, is that yeah, we probably the size of the club should be in the championship, but we're not. We're not on the foot, and and a lot of that is down to mismanagement off the field as well as on the field. We've not got the right man in yet, you know. But how many managers have we gone through? I mean, there was the season when we went down from League One. It was felt like there was like 15 managers. I know there wasn't, but it just felt that way. And it's, I, it's it's time to start showing the fans what what we expect. I don't think that we expect to be top of the table and winning the league by 100 points. I know some fans do think that. But let's be realistic. If we can manage to get up this season, there'll be such a buzz around the club again. You know, let's look at last time we went up. You know, the buzz was absolutely huge. You know, the City Centre was banging. 
and we just need something like that and bringing in like I said bringing in Mark Hughes give him this, give it as long as he you know they give him exactly what he wants which by the sounds of things they are then you know let's hope I mean the problem is for me is that I'm, I'm just so sick of I'm so used to uh, us being in the doldrums or whatever that I just can't even think right we're going up this season you know I, I can't get like that because of how many times and the disappointment we have year after year I mean I think we'd have, if we'd have had this conversation this time last year we would have said yeah we're going to you know we're going to walk this league we've got a man who's proven in taking a team that was undesirable into League One with Morecambe and it fell on its ask big time so you know you've got to ask questions of why and the problem is as well with a club I mean it's alright saying you know we need to be saleable asset well we don't own for a start we don't own a training ground we don't own the ground we are just name alone and that's a big big problem for me whether we can get someone in who'd like to you know that's happy to do that I think we need Someone quite a bit of money. First thing they need to be doing. Uh, I mean, I know. I think the, I think the talk was five million for the ground. Either buy the ground back, or get something else. Now we're not going to get anything like Valley Parade. Valley Parade is our home, no matter what we think about it. I know a few fans would like a different ground. I think it's important that we stay there, and I, I just hope that if if there is somebody who can who can afford us, bring us back the ground. So I sit on different side of the fence for that. Um... Bradford City is our home, uh, sorry, Valparaiso is our home, it always will be. However, I'd like to investment on training facilities before anything else. I feel like Bradford as a city, we have such a good uh, like Sunday League structure for kids. There's so many, there's so much talent in Bradford coming through. They, they're so competitive, the leagues, you know, and there's players that have made it. Matty Pearson, who I went to school with, um, he was just in the, the final with Huddersfield, um, the, the loss. We'll just sort of put that one out there again. You know, play, there's players like that, but you know he went to, to Blackburn Academy, so he played there with Phil Jones for years, and, and they, they're a really good academy setup as well. But for me, I feel like investment needs to be made because some of the young players that we're pulling through, look at the, the team this season, the under-18s, and what they've achieved. You know, your lads like Bobby Point, and I mean, without sort of giving out too, many, too much exclusives, which the club will do over the coming weeks, I'm sure, I believe that there's at least four of them that have got contracts. Uh, I know Bobby Point, and he's one of them. Um, somebody did tell me that. Uh, and rightly so, he stood out to me. I think he'll be a brilliant player. But we've got so much talent like this that sort of seeps through the cracks and goes to Leeds and Huddersfield and other academies that we should be nurturing. And I feel, for me, training facilities need to be invested in. So if you're listening, Mr Rupp, get us some training facilities at Marley. There's a big space there. Work with Bradford Council. Somewhere else in Bradford, there's so many spaces to do that. Get us away from that school. It's just... It's not good. I mean, it, the only good thing about it is the location because of a, lot of, a lot of our players live in Leeds. That's the only good thing about it. But for me, it needs to be in Bradford. The facilities, I know technically it is in it, in, but it needs to be somewhere in Bradford where we can maybe go watch and you know, get a little bit more out in the community with training and things like that as well. But yeah, I mean, when I said before, I probably sounded like I'm roasting in spectacles and I guess people are probably thinking that about my views on the ownership. But it isn't good enough is what I will say. There needs to be more. I don't want you to sit there thinking that I'm sort of praising it and saying they're the best thing ever. They're not. Mm. Uh, there needs to be more that comes from them. However, I like to look at things positively, and I feel like the way that recruitment's gone so far this season and the Mark Hughes situation, I feel like things are going on the on the right trajectory. So I'm thinking that way. I'll judge it in the coming weeks. If you'd have asked me six months ago, maybe five months ago, and, and Derek Adams was still here, I was fuming. I didn't want anything to do with the club. January, they, they didn't back him in January. I think they probably knew they were going to sack him anyway, so they wanted to spend that money on getting rid of him. I feel like he should have been back in January. 
and it, he wasn't, so they totally got it wrong there. Uh, everything happens for a reason. We've got Mark Hughes leading the ship now. Who else would you want? You wouldn't. There's nobody else. So the club's going to... It's on an upward trajectory. I believe it is. Maybe on the footballing side more than anywhere else. Uh, but commercially, I feel like it's it's moving in the right direction. And just to sort of touch on Ryan Sparks as well, to ask you the question about Ryan, because he gets his pelters online. He's come off Twitter. Um, I actually reached out to him to see if he'll come on a space. Um, I'll do the same about the podcast, because it's a little bit more private. I'd love to get him on to ask him a few questions and see what he thinks. Some people don't quite like the way it comes across on videos. I think some people find him quite arrogant, the way he speaks, and a little bit emotionless at times. And He's made comments about we don't accept mediocrity and things like that, and, and obviously we have done since he said that. What are your thoughts on Ryan Sparks uh, and you know that sort of area of things? Because for me, I feel like he needs support um, from somebody like a Baldwin who's been at this level in football and done it. That's my opinion. I'll pass it to you, Chris. Um. I'm, I'm, I'm personally a, a very much an, an in Ryan Sparks um, kind of person. I do like him. I've, 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 you know, he's, he's one of these chaps that if you wanted to have a conversation with him, he would have had a conversation with you and he'd talk to you for half an hour about, you know, maybe certain decisions that he's made at the club and why he's made it. You know, me and I've, I've talked to him and I've disagreed with him at times and sometimes, you know, he'll take that on board and, and obviously he'll disagree with me as well and that's what I like about him. You know, it's... He's open for you know for people to talk to him about what they're not happy about. I think the one thing that I do think is disgraceful is what happened to his car. That that was that was absolutely shocking. That should never happen. You know, I guess you know obviously it comes sometimes with the territory, but that's still not an excuse. Ryan's like I said, Ryan's always open. Yes, he has come off of like you know Twitter and Facebook. I don't know him super personally, so don't ask me questions like that. You know anybody else. Because I don't, but I do know that he was just getting a lot of abuse and obviously somebody posted out his mobile phone number and he was getting lots of abuse on there as well, which, again, is just not acceptable from from anyone. I would say that if you've got a problem with him, get in touch with him, send him an email. I'm, I've got no doubt that Ryan would ring you back or would have a conversation with you about what your problem is. It's, he's not a he's not him. You know, he's not the kind of guy who who will ignore anybody. He will, you know, he'll get you know get straight back to you about it if, as long as it's reasonable. With regards to like, does he need an experienced head? I don't. I, personally, I don't think he does, and I don't think that he would want another person in in, in there as well. To be absolutely honest with you, you know, he's coming here to do a job. It's not been it's not been great so far, but however, I, again, I would like as I've said earlier on is who complained about when we brought in Derek Adams last summer? Who thought that that was going to be as atrocious as it was? I don't believe anybody did. I think we all were thinking this is this is a huge signing for the club, and obviously it just didn't work. He can't always help what goes on on the field. Obviously, he helps, you know, with regarding with recruitment, or it might be you know signing the contracts. But as you look off it, and to be honest with you, you mentioned it as well yourself about the, you know the marketing side of things, and you know the, the, the companies that we're now working with, and you've got to look at Ryan for that. Is that you know that he, you know, him and his team have been the ones that have brought in this where we we were backwards you know when we had julian rhodes in we were backwards we julian was a dinosaur and uh he was at this club far too long he really was in this club far far too long and seemed to just always go back to plan a which plan a might have been 15 20 years ago and that, i think that that was a massive problem yeah i think just to sort of speak a bit more about ryan sparks as well i do feel like it was a massive 
foot in mouth PR moment when they appointed him initially because he was a social media guy and he was totally doing the social media really well actually at the time and he was promoted to be you know the CEO and, and that's just unheard of at his age I think he's the same age as me and you, you're thinking as a fan what is going on here you know we, we've had Baldwin in charge he was a brilliant football man um, knows his onions done it before done it at Burnley went and did well there and obviously at the Football League as well which is now come away from but you know, in that position, you want somebody experienced who's who's been at this level before, and you feel like Ryan Sparks has sort of been left to his own devices because Stefan Rupp's not in, in, interested really, and then you've got Ryan, and everything sort of falls on his shoulders. And like you've said, he gets all the pelters, he gets all the abuses he did on Twitter because he's the face of the club, and I feel for him in that respect. And you can tell that he wants the best things for the club, mm-hmm. but I feel like sometimes it does say the the wrong things, and it's a little bit ill-advised. And I don't feel like we've got somebody in the club that. He's advising him what to say. Some of the decisions haven't been great over the past, although I think I feel like he's growing into the role. I do, and I would say that. But I do honestly believe that he needs support on the footballing side of things because he's a rugby league man. Let's not forget that. He's come from a you know an egg chasing background. I'm a rugby league fan as well. I've got a Bradford Bulls um, sign thing behind me. Sure, don't get me wrong. Love the sport, but it's a different sport. There's a lot more money in football than there is in rugby league, even at League Two level. I feel like he's learning on the job. However, he wants the right things. I just think it feel like he needs some more support and maybe other people to come in. Like he's, like we've got now with Stephen Gent, so that's what I'm saying. Are we making the right moves? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, he was gonna, he was always gonna make mistakes. We all were gonna make mistakes, and, and and you know, and he has done that. That's 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 fair. I think he's he's trying to you know sort those mistakes out. Surely, you know, when he saw Mark Hughes coming into the club. I mean, you've got to think about this as well. Mark Hughes, he might have applied for the job, but obviously he was really impressed with with what was what was what was being said to him. He he was had you know he would have had to be sold the club, even whether he you know he applied for it or not. He was had to be sold the club. You know, you look back at for instance when we had Turnbull in. I think that that was I don't think that that worked whatsoever. I think that was a terrible decision, and I think that that has shown that it was a terrible decision. From my understanding, he said that he would never sign Andy Cook. You know that there was a bit of a downfall from there straight away. Really, when you look at how well Andy Cook did, certainly in the first season. I'm not Andy Cook's biggest fan, you know. I, I like that he's a character. I'll let you carry on, Chris. I'm sorry to be rude there, but I think I'm going to have to pull you up I about just, this. I think we let's we need to talk about this. Andy Cook is not good enough to get us promoted, and I'm going to put it out there. He isn't. Um, I feel like he's one-dimensional when we play. We've got we play through him, and he's the one that drops a bit complains. Yes, he's our top score, goal scorer from last season. I just don't think he's good enough. Leanne Goal is a far better player. If he stayed fit, he'd be our number one striker with Leanne Goal, as things currently stand. That's my opinion. I just don't overly rate Andy Cook, and I know I'm going to get loads of pelters for that, and I'm open to it. Come at me, let me know why you think he is. But if we want, if we seriously want to get promoted this season, he's not our main man up front. Chris, off you go. I don't think he'll be here after the summer. I can't necessarily disagree with a lot of that. I think that you're right. Leon Gall is our best striker at the club. The problem is, he's, you know, it seems to be made of uh, cardboard. That's the problem. Regarding Andy Cook, yeah, I think the first season he was great. I think he's the kind of player that you'd want to come off the bench. He does drop. Absolutely, completely agree. Was it the setup that we had, the formation that we had that didn't quite work for him? Potentially, but like I said, I don't think he'll be at the club in the summer. I, th- I think he'll move on. And I think a lot of that's to do with towards the end of the. I mean, he scored. I think it was it two or three since January, which is 
it's not a good good enough uh, return whether you know whether the formation works or not he did look a bit fat as well he looked like he put a bit of weight on and i know that was one of the reasons why nigel clough got rid of him at mansfield was because he was you know he was getting he's getting a bit fat and it's happened a couple of other clubs that he's been at i can't as much as i don't necessarily disagree with you i think that that first season i do think that he was good i think just things have just not quite worked out this this last year and uh, yeah i think he'll be gone I just don't think we've played the way that it suits him either under Hughes. Um, and I, like you say, he's gone missing since January. And the goal, the last goal he scored was that one against Forest Green, where you know he scored uh, tapping, didn't he? Really, when it was an open goal, and it just it just doesn't seem it looked interested to me. You know, a lot of our players being winning the ball and holding up, but I actually don't think his hold up play is that good either. And I, I sound like I'm, I'm slating Andy Cook, but I want to be as honest as possible on here because, like I said, I do sit on the fence a lot on the other on the spaces, but. I just don't think he's a man for us, and I think Chris, without sort of saying that, probably agrees with that point. Uh, in fairness, um, and I think there's better out there, and, and, and we deserve better. <laughs> Andy Cook to me is like a quite harsh this, but a bottom end league two, a Barrow sort of player. No offence, Barrow, but you are bottom end league two. Let's be fair. Somebody like that who's maybe fighting against promotion, it wants somebody a bit strong and physical that's going to upset defenders and bully him a bit. I feel like we're going to play more attractive football next season, yeah. uh, and you want players that can fit into that. Allah Leangle, a fit Leangle. Be the, one of the best strikers in League Two, if not the for me. I think he's brilliant. That's a problem. A fit angle, which we're going to get 16, 17 games out of him, I think, this season. Um, so we're coming probably towards the end of the podcast, looking at the time that we've been on. Um, I know Chris has got a lot of editing to do. So there's obviously a few features that we're not going to get time to do, but there's a couple that are going to be in coming weeks. The first one I wanted to touch on was we wanted to have a feature that's going to look at the best food in Bradford. So maybe looking at the best takeaway, the best restaurants. We want you to let us know your suggestions. If you own a restaurant and you want us to come and eat in there, maybe do a little pod and a video, we're happy to do that and eat for free. Chris is happy with that one. He's puffing his cheeks out (laughs) in pleasure. Um, So yeah, if anybody does want us to come and promote you a little bit, we're happy to do that. I know we're not big or anything, but who knows? The sky's the limit, I guess. So yeah, best food in Bradford, guys. Let us know your suggestions. I don't know if anybody saw a tweet from me that tweeted the food bible or whatever, the the football one, whatever it's called now, the Twitter account. Away Scran or something? Away Days Scran? Something like that, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Away Days Scran. Some, something like that, innit? And uh, I, I, uh, I went to Salah Hadeen's, which is at the, on Manningham Lane, and they do a deal, a bit like Salah's really, where you get two meals for like six quid, and you get a, a Philly burger, bottle of chips, and a drink. And that's unheard of in other areas of the country. What we do do well in Bradford is takeaways. We've got a lot of them. So we want to know that the best deals, uh, the best food... Best restaurants. Just any suggestions that you've got, guys? And uh, me and Chris are looking to do features where we're going to go and visit them and, and, and mark them out of ten. So that's one thing. The other couple of bits as well is looking forward to the food side of things and the drinking side of things as well. So <laughs> the other thing we're looking to do is hopefully do a, a couple of live pods in some of the pubs, maybe pre-match. Let us know what you think of that one. We're hoping to do that. We need to speak to a couple of pubs. If you own a pub and you want us to come and do a bit of um, a pod in there live, let us know, reach out to us, because we, we would love to do that. We both like a beer, so that'd be also a winner. So Chris is, is happy he's joined now. <laughs> a couple of other features as well is we're looking to get some fans of opponents on. So hopefully, um, if we're playing, like, say, I don't know, Swindon at the end of the week on a Saturday, we might get a Swindon fan on, on the pod to, to, to speak, speak about you know their team and how things are going. We're really hoping to get some ex-players uh, and city staff on as well. That's the dream. So if you've got any contacts there or you know anybody who wants to come on, or if you are a city member of staff, reach out to us and we'll get you on, even if you're Billy Bantam. Um, <laughs> and then uh, any any other suggestions as well? <laughs> what, uh, yeah, private joke. 
Uh, any other suggestions as well for what features other people would like us to do? Anything you want us to discuss? Uh, anything that you like from today? Anything that you think is terrible? Uh, and if you want to come on and do some of the questions with Chris as well, we're happy for you to do that. So we're looking for fans to join us. It's probably going to be me and Chris in the main that's going to run this. Uh, we'll see how we go and how successful it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed this today. Chris, anything you'd like to add? No, thank you. I've forgotten. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please make sure to follow. This will be going out on uh, all platforms. So if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple, anything, please give us a you know five star. Even if you thought it was terrible, give us a five star rating. And yeah, keep listening. And thank you very much. All the best. Yeah, thank you, guys. This has been a city event. Signing off. Up the Bantams. Up the Bantams. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.